we we launched a hundred balloons with a QR code offering people twenty pounds, I think, at the time. You know, maybe fifty dollars of Bitcoin, and we launched them around London. And, and we had like ten cust- ten people, ten new acquisitions yeah. from yeah. that. But but those people were really engaged. They were like, "This is freaking awesome! Like, <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of this thing. I just downloaded. It. I got the free money. Like, and now what? What do I do with it?" Hey everyone, CK here, and welcome to our new podcast, Half Wasted. In this podcast, we discuss with some of the leading marketing effectiveness professionals about why John's quote is so prevalent to this day how data can help marketers to make more informed decisions, what kind of use cases and business results data-driven marketing enables. Um, and I see a, there's a lot of like crypto projects coming through that, uh, that I, think will, I think will fill some gaps here. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be slow, and I think then it will gather momentum, and then it will be the norm. And, and you see this across, I think, Mark Zuckerberg knows this, and I, I think they're probably like looking at ways to do this themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but fundamentally, like if you can control your data um, in a way that is almost like a liquid. Have you heard the term liquid democracy? Mm, yeah, yeah, but kind of uh, to summarize it. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, the 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 kind of I I see the gold standard of owning your data in the future. Mm. And I haven't seen many tools that do this yet. Uh, I actually can't name any that do this yet. But fundamentally, like we want to have a digital identity, and there's a few platforms working on this, but a digital identity that you truly control. So when you give someone permission to like access your date of birth, for example, so that they can verify, like, should you be buying alcohol or on this platform, right? Um, they they could probably, you know, request to access your geolocation or, or, you know, various attributes about you. But at the moment, the way it works would be like, you know, you give that data and you can never take it back. There's the right to be forgotten to some extent and with GDPR and some regulations kind of enforce that. But in my opinion, a lot of it's toothless, like how many people actually go into Facebook or, or any of these platforms and say, hey, please delete my data. And yeah. how, how much confidence do you have that the data, your data in these platforms is actually gone or, or they've actually done what, you know, they're saying on, on the surface? Yeah, you cannot but, check it anyway. Like, you yeah, can't you just have to trust it. Yeah, you yeah. just, I, I just <laughs> click the button and my profile disappeared. But, you know, if I come back in 30 days and they magically have all my data ready to re-upload, like, Oh, well, oh, that's interesting. Convenient. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's that that side of it. So, so I think the gold standard would be where you could give permission and then withdraw permission in the future, right? So you can have my date of birth to know, like, that I'm okay ordering alcohol or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But, but that's it. And and after I've made this transaction with you, I take that data back. You no longer have right to access that and you, sh- you no longer have the right to store that data or share it um and that 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 taking it back is a real issue like that i've spoken to a few people working on this problem and that's the hardest bit like being able to issue some token of like authenticated token that you, know, that you then take back it, it gets complex so yeah. i think a lot of people are working on this especially with identity um 
but that's kind of where we're going and i see a lot of like crypto platforms now with social tokens and things like that are kind of decentralizing what social media could be and and giving you some uh, credit and authority score and stuff like that what what dangers do you see these these platforms having for example information about your date of birth well i i mean this is as a marketer this is this is like a, a philosophical conflict like i i don't i'm i'm two-sided of this argument right because um I think everyone has the right to privacy and the right to mm-hmm. self-sovereignty, right? I'm kind of, a, call myself like a little bit of a libertarian in, in that respect. A lot of my politics are on, on that side of things. Um, so you have the, you should have the right to like control these things. The reality of the situation is that's not how it works. But then of course, if you're running a business, if you're marketing a business, you know, fundamentally it's in your best interest to give the relevant customer to you a awareness of your solution to make their life better and then b like guide them through the process of your business to get them to to transact and and solve their problem right and and that's that's mm-hmm. fundamental capitalism right that that's a good thing um of course you know gone are the days of like the the deep uh, demographics in facebook and and google i'm sure we'll get on to like the bands in the crypto market that that i deal with every day um but yeah that i'm conflicted like i think i think the perfect world is where people could share the data as exactly as i just outlined right share the data that they're willing to be um, willing to share so that they can choose and opt into getting relevant like product information for them and and or or like stipulate i'm having this problem right now you know hey like i'm i'm you know whatever uh what's a good example dating right i'm dating right now and uh i'm open to getting new dating apps and i don't want to like have to trawl through them so you can serve me ads for them right yeah that might be a good example a lot of time we see that uh you have a lots of lots of data about about customers who hasn't stopped uh, shopped at your stores for like many many months and you still like target for example dating apps to them mm. when they're thinking about maybe we should go, like uh, get married and stuff mm. and and on the business side right like when when yeah. targeting is so sparse and it's irrelevant and you've got your your marketing manager scratching their head going well we're doing some retargeting you know i've got a 90-day window but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like even for 14 days like fortnight would be enough because after that if you haven't managed to convert that customer it might be that he's not gonna kind of uh, purchase anyway mm, yeah yeah or, or they'll find another way and and you know a lot of a lot of what we're we're doing now in in the crypto space because i a lot of the ppc traditional kind of you know self-serve ads um either banned or blocked or restricted especially restricted. i feel for like the crypto exchanges and things like that because they cover so many like banned topics crypto financial services legal services you know it's they're just it's it's hard for them <laughs> um but but nowadays you know uh, and a lot, a lot of success that i've had so far is is on the community building side um referral marketing tactics you know incentivizing with airdrops and different incentive schemes, you know, um, and actually leveraging the community to do the marketing for you. Uh, like that, that's 
the fundamental goal of of marketing anyway right is word of mouth so the sooner you can get to that point where it's it's the perpetual marketing machine and your your customer is doing the job for you like that's that's a sustainable business is it is it like um, then especially important in in kind of the cryptocurrency marketing this this uh kind of building the brand communities and- yeah very very much so and and as i say like it really depends what you're marketing so you know with a lot of the the, the most successful crypto projects have another value proposition another like solution they're not just talking about the the currency or the tech because that's just the magic that makes the thing happen it's the thing that gets you to the thing right um they're talking about digital collectibles or um they're targeting developers with specific tools or you know they're they're targeting gamers for example with with a, a, a solution giving them a free opportunity or something like that right um that way you can talk about that value proposition and actually the crypto language and creative just disappears it, it to the consumer it doesn't matter you know those are the most successful where it's the hardest is where it's just like selling a, a a token or a coin or something you know for those guys incredibly hard because <laughs> you, you just can't pay you you pay for other things right and and i'm sure we'll get into this um for for like uh um what is it called uh in home marketing and and uh the, the banner ads and you know all of that kind of thing dsps type stuff um but that becomes harder to track it's like a, a, a one shot and gone it's harder to control uh generally the results are a lot less click-through rates were a lot less um and targeting is a lot harder to trust and and like assure you're actually tapping into the market you think you are so so you cannot cannot market the actual product so what what do you then market well crypto community is a funny one because i think it's once you're into this space certainly with me i i caught the crypto bug back in 2012 i first bought my first bitcoin um what, what's the story behind that yeah okay let, i'll tell you the story <laughs> so, so uh <laughs> so in 2012 i was studying for my mechanical engineering degree um and one of my friends in london said hey there's a cool um he was at ucl and uh, he said hey there's a bus taking us to a hackathon in germany in berlin it's free like they're, they're just putting it on and we don't have what we haven't filled the bus do you want to come like just turn up and you can come cool so um we drove over to berlin tempelhof airport and it was hands down like one of the one of the best events like of my life um and actually like looking back it's one of these situations where you can only connect the dots looking back um was hugely pivotal to where i like focused my career in my life so there's a few people there very uh th- there was like um uh, hackers and um penetration testers and things like that and uh you know coders there was um a guy called john draper who's commonly known as uh captain crunch which back in the 80s when steve jobs and steve wozniak were at university i think um he met them and they started like phone freaking you know where they, they blew a whistle down the phone and they got a free call and they called like the president of the united states and he, he told me all his stories but anyway in, in the mix of that experience somewhere 
someone pointed out to me there was um, this cool thing called Bitcoin and it's a new like online currency and you could you could at the time use it for for only a select few things but soon will shops will be accepting it and this will be the new world currency standard you know people won't look to the dollar or the pound or all of these different ones it will just be this one so like, okay cool and and come I, I think a few months later it's one of those things where it kind of percolates in your mind a little bit and it, it took me a while to kind of investigate it and being a student i had no money um so i figured out that i could um use the <laughs> this isn't going public is it no, no, no. <laughs> i could use the university uh, computer labs um and, and install like miners and it was common practice that you just put a sheet a laminate over over the computer and uh, say you know i'm running a complex simulation please don't touch uh, this uh, machine um it, it was standard practice in our engineering labs so i would install like some crypto miners and and put these laminates on and they run for a few days and and surely get in interrupted but you know I, I made some i made some bitcoin early on and um I, I didn't see it coming this way you know i remember when it hit like 500 pounds and i was like this is insane in fact i sold most of mine around there because i was like that, that's insane like no way this weird currency is worth that when it hit a thousand dollars you know same reaction i was like this is oh, I, I just don't, don't understand it um <laughs> yeah uh and, and i left university not really wanting to go into engineering like i, I and a lot of my friends who who were in engineering weren't giving like great feedback of their first experiences so i was like mm, i'm not sure that's a career for me so um i went and became a ski instructor <laughs> okay yes that's the second obvious choice <laughs> yeah I, I you know I, I didn't didn't particularly need an income right then and uh and and it's one of those things that's like a skill for life you know and when i came back i was like okay well what am i actually going to do with my life like what what career can i actually pursue and um, I was still very interested in Bitcoin. I joined a small exchange at the time. It was run by an ex-JP Morgan um, director who I met at like a meetup. And he was like, hey, I need some marketing people. Can you do marketing? I was like, sure, why not? <laughs> Can't be that hard. So so like our tactic of marketing back then, I've got some pictures uh, I, could, I could probably share with you after this, but uh, we, we launched 100 balloons with a QR code offering people 20 pounds, I think at the time, you know, maybe $50 of Bitcoin. And we launched them around London and, and we had like 10 customers, 10 people, 10 new acquisitions yeah. from yeah. that. But, but those people were really engaged. They were like, this is friggin' awesome. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of this thing. I just downloaded it. I got the free money. Like, and now what, what do I do with it? And we couldn't really answer that question at the time because you couldn't really spend it. It's just for holding and for fun. Um, and, and anyway, so so that scratched my like marketing itch. I was like, okay, this is a real like valuable skill to have. Fundamentally, turning up at a business and saying, hey, do you want more customers? I can do that. Um, is a very valuable like proposition. Uh, certainly compared to like the the original career I was thinking, where you're like stuck in a lab designing a tiny, you know, iteration number two hundred of this like bolt for a race car or something. Yeah, it was far, far more attractive. So then I joined uh, Ladder and that's actually how we've connected CK. Like, uh, So Mike uh, Taylor was the CEO who um, hired me at the time. Um, he probably saw that I wasn't 
I wasn't very good at marketing. <laughs> so I, I definitely blagged a few things, but I think uh, he probably saw something in me that I didn't. And uh, to this day, I still value him as one of the best mentors I've ever had. He's He unlocked doors and gave me like life skills, like especially agency side. Like the, the time we went through, I worked with him for nearly three years and um, working with clients who, you know, are paying you a monthly retainer and they're like, it's your job to make my company work like and if it doesn't it's your fault <laughs> yeah your head yeah that that's like trial by fire and mm-hmm. um, it, 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 i think in-house marketers don't can't, can't really see that side of the table sometimes speaking about uh, like mike being great mentor for you you're mentoring yourself as well so like was it was it the kind of uh, learnings you got through Mike that actually inspired you to be become one or like what what made you get into that? Yeah, exactly that. Um, exactly that. Uh, when I was on my way out of ladder, um, looking for other opportunities, you know, um, uh, Mike was on growthmentors.com. Um, and I spoke to, I think he connected me with Foti, the founder, they, they knew each other well. And he said, Hey, you should speak to Morgan. Um, they had no crypto people to speak of. So, you know, it's another one of those things where I'm just like a normal marketer, but with the crypto thing, like people, people are attracted to that or at least interested in it. So I think he he was excited to have someone with that experience and skill set on board. And, and uh, it, it, yeah, it's, it's been awesome actually um, as well for my career because The incentive for me is is kind of twofold, right? Firstly, is helping a wide range of people um, like I was doing at agency side where you're just constantly thrown new problems. There's new new ways of looking at different strategies. You know, one strategy that works for one client definitely won't work for another. Um, so being able to have that range um, and maintain that through my career, I think is very important, especially when you get in the house and you're just looking at, at one focused, like uh, value proposition, one product, and, and there's, there's kind of a path ahead. It's the stuff on the peripherals, especially I think as you get more senior and more strategic, you need to be aware of, you need to be aware of how the space is evolving and, and it's easy to get locked in and kind of narrow, narrow focused. So, so for me, that that's a huge thing. Um, and also helping people, right? Seeing them walk away happy. But but then the incentive on the flip side, and I mostly give my time away for free um, up until recently because I, I have less time. Um, but on the flip side, they give me reviews. So at the back end, they say, you know, that was a valuable experience with Morgan. He did X, Y, Z. New, he gave me lots of things to think about. And, and then when I speak to other job opportunities or consulting opportunities or anything, like I can just point them to my profile you know i know what the marketing space can be full of sometimes so I, i'm not full of hot air like you you can actually see my reviews <laughs> yeah here's my cv online it's kind of building building your personal brand on the side as a side hustle exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. what's the what's there like this uh common common issue or problem these people co- came to you with or was it always uh contextual or situational yeah it, i mean it's mostly Obviously, every business has a different kind of view on it, but there's fundamentals to marketing strategy and how you go about kind of blueprinting what what a strategy plan or a tactical plan looks like. 
Um, I think there's a lot of awareness in there that other people don't have. Like I, I've been very fortunate to use so many tools, like a wide range of tools, just because exactly that, you know, HubSpot would work for one client, but another person's using Salesforce or whatever, you know, and, and having experience being able to like actually walk through is very valuable. But, but going back to what you actually asked, um, uh, mostly with me, I guess, because of the way I've tailored my profile and a lot of my successes talk about applying budget and getting some return on investment, mostly it's paid media, paid strategy, you know, um, Google ads, Facebook ads, banner ads, uh, Reddit, Quora, you know, a lot of the, the paid media platforms, um, that that's mostly where I help people optimizing Google ads is a very common one. You know, um, it can be, it can be a, a real journey in like, especially when it's someone else's money on the line, you know, uh, uh, a, you know, a few thousand pound test to, to get to some answer that you might not be expecting can be, can seem daunting. And it's, it's much easier when I think someone's there to say, you know, okay, are you like covering all your bases? You've got prospecting, remarketing, are you doing different formats? Have you thought about this audience? Like, are you, are you optimizing for this? Are you do negative, you know, or just running through the steps of like, it can be a bit of a checklist. Did you or did you not advise uh, any of the students to strap money into balloons and kind of scattering them across the town? <laughs> Say that again, Chris. Did you advise some of, some of your kind of uh, mentors to strap money on the balloons and then kind of, you can do this like I've done it myself. Yeah, done it works it. every time. <laughs> <laughs> 100x return on ad spend. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, Roy. <laughs> uh, what, well, go, going back to kind of what your expertise in that that uh, field was, uh, and you mentioned uh, back back there that it's it's not the same game in the crypto kind of uh, field. You cannot really do that much banner ads because there's uh, lots of lots of reg regulations so how would you say that like kind of uh, marketing in that area differs from maybe the more traditional one yeah so so this this is the challenge that i i encounter every day of my, my career basically right um i'll start with a story and then i'll actually answer your question so back in 2016 2017 when i was working with ladder um, we onboarded 10, 20 crypto clients and, and I was kind of in charge of leading the, the team that handled all the blockchain and, and crypto clients. Back then, you could just advertise whatever, like normal rules apply. It, Bitcoin and, and, and Ethereum and crypto just wasn't seen as a threat, you know, it was just too small. Um, and so you could do whatever. And it was only when like the scam artists came on board and people losing money that I think probably Facebook led the charge. And, and we see this a lot from Facebook. People give Facebook a lot of stick, but it's actually in their best interest, especially at their scale, to um, be as conservative and cautious as possible. And that applies to data as well as, you know, how we advertise, who we target. Um, so I think it was led by Facebook, Google followed, and then everyone else read it, all the, all the other platforms followed. And they just did a carpet blanket ban on any crypto keywords. And we saw it come into effect in like over a week. Um, we were literally marketing for, for um, crypto exchanges. So a lot of what we were talking about was like buy Bitcoin, buy crypto, easy, fast, da, 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 da. all of these keywords just instantly banned. And, and I feel for them because 
you know, uh, uh, other other platforms like uh, I don't know what's a good one, gambling or or um, the, name name a uh, investment thing. They can still advertise, right? Um, but for the exchanges, there's nothing else they can talk about. Like literally, the value proposition is come and buy crypto. There's nothing else. So so there's no like way around that. But uh, but for some some others, so we work with like um, Neblio blockchain, which was quite big back in the day, the top 100. And their value proposition was you can build your on a blockchain technology. If you're a developer, you can build on blockchain technology using any language. You don't need to use just one. Um, it, it was like a, a, a weird version of, of JavaScript uh, solidity on, on Ethereum. Um, and you don't need specific like training. You can use your normal languages, you know, whatever JavaScript, C++, Python, anything you're familiar with, and we'll convert that through a uh, an API, and it will be built on our our blockchain. So for them, their value proposition was targeting developers who were in in the market for for this kind of technology, and talking about the the technology you know, the technology side of it, the coding language, the the what you can do. So the value proposition actually wasn't about blockchain and crypto at all. That came le- later. Um, the only issue is, you know, when you're prospecting like that, it's an elongated funnel. Like it takes a couple of times for your for your prospect to actually come back and like click. Oh, it's it's crypto that I've just clicked on an ad for. And uh, okay, I, I'm still interested, right? So, so you have to then like qualify quite quickly, like on the landing page as best you can, um, <laughs> again without triggering things. Uh, that the, what you're selling is a crypto, you know, solution, and, and they should sign up and give a lead and whatever. Um, so yeah, like back back in those days, we were also advertising for ICOs, initial coin offerings, where again their proposition was. Um, What's a good one? Good example. Oh, so so one success story we have is uh, Constamp, and they're still around today. They're very successful. Um, I heard recently they were auditing the Cardano blockchain, which is just huge. It's like number two in the in the listings. Um, and they they were an auditing or are an auditing platform. So the issue with building smart contracts, especially early on in this industry, is people just don't know that the code you're putting into production is 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 good enough. Like. Am I going to get hacked? Is someone going to exploit this and just take everyone's money? And that's a real risk, especially when dealing with millions of dollars, even billions. Um, uh, so for them, initially we were talking a lot about ICO, like buy our token, buy our coin, da da da. da. And then we had to pivot instantly, you know, to like auditing, and and it's all about the the audit and audit your smart contracts. And as you can expect, like the the, the conversion rate like massively dropped. But fundamentally, like it's still they still got by. Like it was still okay. It's still a channel that that they can use in their marketing mix. Um, nowadays, it's nowadays it's changed. So like certainly this year, I see. A certain, an easing of the restrictions like the number of times i've written to google support like i i just i can dream and like see myself clicking the buttons to go to fill in that help form and say hey can i can i please be de-restricted and, and permitted to advertise my uh, business please <laughs> um number of times i've done that but but now like they seem more receptive so um I, i'm working with uh, coinly uh, currently, um, I, I joined them last week, actually, um, 
and they're a tax solution. So I'm scratching my own itch here. Like uh, crypto tax is a big, big, going to be a big thing. It also legitimizes the space. So if people are paying tax on their crypto gains, like the tax man, the government is happy. Um, so, so this is this is a really important thing. For, for, for them, I, I was doing an audit, uh, actually still doing an audit um, with them. And uh, back in like March, April, May, you know, when, when things were kind of peeping, um, also there were lower budgets. So I think once you get to higher budget, you start to trigger some things. But they were getting past, they were talking about cryptocurrency and taxes and financial services. They were ticking a lot of like restricted boxes, but still able to, to serve their ads. Um, unfortunately, recently they, it's been kind of reversed, so we're we're working through that, and and we'll work around it as well. You know, there's there's other tax solutions, there's other ways we can get to our audience for 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 this uh, for this product. Um, and and I see now, I think a lot more. You know, as I just browse the web and uh, have have adverts enabled when I'm not blocking them. <laughs> um, uh, I see. I do see a lot more of like the exchanges. You know, I see adverts from Binance on the AdSense network. I see um, uh, Coinbase and people like that are clearly advertising through Google Ads and and Facebook Ads and things like that. So I think we're getting there. It's probably going to start with the high budget guys, and they're like, "All right, we're watching you. You know, don't don't scam anyone." And then it'll probably trickle down. I think. I hope. Um, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I think it was just the early days when when there was the opportunity to actually scam people, and now they they're kind of uh, scouting out for for scammers. Like one of my most successful recent experiences on on Google Ads, what was on that topic was with uh, Salad. So Salad is a fundamentally crypto miner. So it allows mostly teenagers who don't necessarily have like their own money; it's their parents' money to earn um, either real money that they can redeem for like Visa gift cards and stuff like that, um, or gaming rewards uh, by renting out their high power gaming PC. So their GPU, CPU, and, and it's creating a, like a network, like a blockchain um, of these connected computers that can then do stuff, computation work, um, whatever that may be. At the moment, the most profitable for them is is crypto mining. So they just point it to crypto miners and that, that's how Salad makes their money in the background. But for the, for, for teenagers, is was mostly our, our target audience under the age of like 25, it's very attractive to say like, hey, do you like, do you play Fortnite? Get some free Fortnite rewards, right? Do you play Steam games? Get some free Steam stuff. So like, 99% of our of our marketing was talking about those rewards like what's in it fundamentally that's that's the core principle of, of marketing right is what's in it for the customer what's the value proposition here so we were able to scale our ads from like $1,000 basically nothing to over 100k I think at max we were like 130k in a month in a very very short period of time and the ROAS was insane like it was like 5x and the the um cost per acquisition was was very very low um yeah that that, that was awesome because it was it was playing in a playground where you could be really creative with like how you're engaging the customer like it you know there's so many different also brands you're tapping into um 
that that's actually where we tripped up because we started using like brand names and you can't do that you can do that but you have to be careful about how you're doing it and google doesn't like it um so you know when we were saying like Fortnite or something or steam or something like that we had to be very careful with the phrasing anything amazon we just shortened to amz <laughs> people get it it reads fine <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah everybody understands yeah <laughs> what was the what was the trick behind it though that kind of scaling the budget to from 1000 to 100,000 like was it just starting it and kind of uh, testing then or was it the positioning towards towards the teenagers or what oh yeah well i mean so i remember you know i had conversations with uh with bob the ceo saying hey listen this is really effective for us and you know we're making at least three times our money mm. on the spend as far as i could see now attribution was a problem because we our product was a desktop app um and the, mm. the site was was separate so it was a black box in between um but fundamentally like the, the proposition of, of going to your ceo and saying hey like we're making three times the profit off of what we spent here how far can we go like how far do we push this and and so there was a conversation back in march or april sometime um that, that we said yeah let's just go as far as we can this is the, the as long as we're keeping within those bounds as long as we're making money there's there's no like limit <laughs> so speaking to uh, I'll, i'll just i'll just um dive in one thing that i think is worth saying that a lot of people i think are missing right now especially marketers um and any skills you can develop on this side of things uh is uh, video so we hired motion designers and worked with video um you know it's funny seeing your post chris where you're like oh, i'm not sure if i yeah yeah do a vlog like yeah long form video who knows break it into like break it into segments you know 30 second snippets you know I, um, i think anytime you're you're using video format it the, the engagement's just so much better so if you would be a marketer interested to work in this this field what would you say How, is is there like great demand for marketers uh, within the cryptocurrency field at the moment yeah yeah definitely um huge because more investments coming in you know there's a lot of people who've made money in crypto that are now starting their own businesses um, oh, oh, yeah. you know, using their own money and um and there's way more investment um i i love following um outlier ventures is a, is a, a run by jamie burke um is a awesome investment house anything in their portfolio i keep a very close eye on <laughs> um but yeah fundamentally there's there's just more money coming to the space there's more interest it's much more legitimized you know people are more accepting of the technology we have influencers like gary v and uh, mark cuban and you know huge names that people really listen to people in the traditional world who've not heard of crypto or understand crypto are listening to And I think all of this is just, you know, additive to um, to, to the industry growing and, and booming. And yeah, as I say, I just go back to it. Like anytime you can go to a company with your skills and say, hey, I can bring you more business. You know, that's an attractive proposition for any um, founder or, 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 you know, business owner. But what kind of uh, <clears throat> skills that would be good to have? Like, is it is it good to be... Uh, experienced in the programmatic side or do you have to have these creative campaigns do, do you have to do you have to know the basics of cryptocurrencies and blockchain in general 
I think you've always got to understand the product, right? You've got, and, and to some degree, you have to understand the technology. Now, there's obviously limitations to that. I wouldn't expect a marketer to be also a developer, right? That's a very uh, niche skill set. Mike actually is is very good at that. But but you have to have some fundamental understanding of what's going on in the background. You know, if you're working for a SaaS app, like how does it work? Like how do you what what happens if it goes wrong and things like that. Um, so yeah, I think some at least passion um, about the space or interest at least will serve you very well. Um, I think for, for for starters, trying to get for marketers st- wanting to enter into the crypto space, um, I give I give a few pieces of advice. So uh, I gave this advice to a friend recently. Like my time working at an agency was probably the most valuable thing as a marketing professional in my whole probably hands down in my whole career because you you learn new tools you learn how to manage teams that are working on 10 other things right you learn how to manage clients um uh like if i were if i were you know 21 again and starting from scratch don't chase the money forget the money find a good marketing agency and or 10 and go apply to them and work with work there for at least a year and a half and figure out like all the different verticals of marketing um, because I, I can speak with a certain degree of experience and expertise on almost every vertical of marketing right I, I've, I've worked with clients specifically on SEO CRO just search engine marketing organic paid you know I, I've worked on every, almost every facet of marketing and the, the, the I think the days of the T-shaped marketer are kind of gone, where you're like deep in one thing and and kind of just just shallow on on others. But yeah, going back to your question, Chris, um, for crypto, like uh, community building is such a huge thing. Um, attracting your community to Discord and actually retaining them or funneling them to the next thing, right? Uh, attracting a community on Reddit and Telegram and all these, there's all constantly new new channels popping up. TikTok is, of course, one. Um, being able to not just attract from perhaps other groups or other sources, but then retain them and entertain them and like work with contests and incentive schemes and referral schemes. And, and the, I mean, there's a whole depth of, of kind of marketing tactics there to how you acquire a community and then um, get them to convert somewhere. Um, so it's, it's, it's far less traditional. It's, it's a lot more like, I don't like this term, but um, more growth hacky, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good answer. I, I like the approach to try to kind of uh, put yourself in as many different scenarios as possible as early as possible in your career uh, as you've done but, but also kind of uh, that going into the crypto world or the kind of kind of um, crypto industry you need to need to have some sort of understanding that it's it's not going to be these traditional brand campaigns yeah 100 percent, 100 um you mentioned brand there now that's really interesting because um, I've worked with big brands. I've worked with like Nestle and, and um, Yara, which is a big agricultural brand. So I've seen like how how much budget they attribute just to uh, uh, allocate just to awareness and brand and 
getting people just talking about them and and like the the engagement metrics which in my opinion a lot of them are like vanity metrics mm. but for a brand it's actually really important because it keeps keeps some level of awareness that when especially when you're phys- selling a physical product and you're you know on Amazon or you're in the shop or wherever scrolling down you see that brand is instant trust and you just go do you know what i don't i can't decide i'll just trust them yeah yeah, yeah. and and for them there's a lot of revenue in it right um whereas crypto is such a new space that that brand awareness and recognition just really isn't there like the companies are so small exchanges have it to a certain extent but even then like there's a lot of damaging pr for exchanges and there's generally a lot of mistrust in the in the space so brands are really tough nut to crack um which is why i go back to like community because i see more like brands in the crypto space being like social proof um if you can have case studies or reviews or whatever from your from your community from your customers going yeah it's legit like <laughs> yeah. used it <laughs> yeah and or i'm happy i did a thing you know that's great um so last year I worked uh, with Reality Gaming Group and we built um, Doctor Who NFTs uh, in the UK. Doctor Who, I think it's a global brand. I'm pretty sure everyone. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I grew up with Doctor Who. You know, I know it very, very well. Probably watched every episode. <laughs> and, and it was really awesome to work with the BBC and see them kind of taking a taking a toe into the space like just dipping a toe seeing if this works it's obviously an experiment for them they they weren't sure this would work but i think other brands are definitely going to follow and and it's one of those it's it's like the bell curve effect or or or, you know cumulative effect if you like you know you you see it one or two and then all of a sudden it's just going to cascade you know, Nike, when Nike released some trainers with an NFT attached to it, you can prove that you own your Michael Jordan trainers or whatever. I'm not sure if they have done that. I might have read that and just be repeating it to you. <laughs> but, you know, when big brands like that into the space, then it will be a different different game altogether because then, once again, you're not selling the technology. No one will care that you're buying an NFT. It's just a digital thing, digital collectible that you can own and transact and no one can take it away from you. You know, Nike mm-hmm. can't take it back, it's yours. Um, so the technology won't matter and then it's all about the brand, it's all about the product, it's all about the customer, which, which is awesome. That's where we're heading and where we should be. Yeah, and I, I like the idea that kind of uh, in the crypto space, uh, the brand kind of attributes and features and history are kind of uh, a bit non-existent it's all about the trust uh, as we've spoken about and kind of that trust actually actually accumulates in the in these communities kind of the bigger the uh, community the higher the trust and therefore kind of the higher the brand value within that space so i, I think that's that's kind of a really really unique um situation in marketing yeah absolutely i agree <laughs> i agree Hey, uh, it's it's been really great to talking to you. We have to do second episode as as there were lots of topics left uh, <laughs> I discussed. Uh, I I'll always ask my guests uh, as a last question, and I'm gonna shoot you as well. But uh, Morgan Hanegros, half are the investments into the cryptocurrencies halfway wasted? <laughs> 
this is not investment advice. This is not an investment <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, you, probably is is the answer. Probably, but uh, I think the fundamentals are there. If you if you do your research and you love a project, then there's no harm in investing in their token and their coin and carrying some social value, some social whatever currency, if you like. <laughs> There you have it, uh, the one and only Morgan Schofield. Uh, thanks, Morgan, for kind of uh, uh, starring this episode, and uh, good to see you're back back in on track. And congratulations on the new job as well. Yeah, thank you very much, Chris. Um, I'd love to do this again. Let's uh, let's make that happen. In our next episode, we'll have one of the most relentless ABM gurus out there, Andy Cooligan, to join us. We'll discuss with Andy what it takes to align marketing and sales teams, how success should be measured in ABM, and why so many companies struggle to apply this method into their processes. My name is Chris Kervinen, this was Half Wasted, and as always, I'll see you in the next episode.